I honestly thought that said oh. <laughs> your podcast has been canceled. <laughs> I did too. It's like, so, oh, <laughs> it only took us two episodes to be canceled. canceled. <laughs> Is it yeah, yes, yeah. we are. We are oh. live. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Logan and Jake <laughs> podcast, where we are not canceled after two episodes. The oh, uh, app was just telling us that we could use our phone's mic, which is clutch because that's what we were planning on doing. That's what we've been doing since episode <laughs> one. So, um, I'm Logan. I'm Logan. You're Jake, and with us today is our good friend, uh, Lindsay Fowler. I thought you forgot my name for a second. <laughs> I was about to call you Whitley, but I was like, nope, that's not right. No, I wish you wouldn't. No, uh, so, uh, this week, just going to jump right into this, uh, we are going to be talking about uh, the Suicide Squad, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Not to be confused with Suicide Squad. Yes, so, uh, we're, so to clarify further, we are not talking about Suicide Squad or the David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad that we ain't never getting. <laughs> we're talking about James Gunn's The Suicide Squad that just premiered in theaters and on HBO Max this weekend. Indeed. And uh, our friend Lindsay here was actually in the movie, so she's going to give us some behind-the-scenes tidbits and stories and whatnot and tell us in her own words what it was like being in the movie. So She was our proverbial fly on the wall. Indeed. Indeed. As it were, on the set. Uh, <laughs> you're Logan. Ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> uh, So, um... No news day. How about we just jump right into it? Okay, so, um, Lindsay, thank you for joining us. Um, also, I guess it would be best if you just... Uh, let's start at the beginning. How did you get interested in being in movies, and then how did you actually start working in movies? I started back in, like, I want to say 2014, doing just background work while I was in high school, and then it just became fun, so... I would just do it all the time whenever I didn't have school and just met so many people and I've just kept in contact with them since 2014. Um, and then like over the years, you know, they would become, you know, they would, since they were older than me, they would end up being established in the industry while, you know, and so as soon as I got out of college in 2019, I kind of just did this like full time doing, well, from standing and work my way up to stunts and all that. Cool. So, when you first started, was that like, you know, you you saw advertisements for this kind of work online, or yeah, did someone I saw tell it you about it on social media somewhere? It was for the screen pilot to. Well, actually, it was to be Audrey's photo double in the screen pilot, but the pilot that for MTV, but. Um, that certain pilot didn't get picked up. Another pilot did for the scream, and so um, that was just like a one-time thing. It would had it gotten picked up, then it would have been more. But like, yeah, and so God just saw something from that, and then like just been hearing stuff from other people about different castings, and then I used to see stuff on social media about stuff. Cool. So Logan, what what? What burning questions do you have? Um, well, first off, uh, we've both seen the movie. Yep, yep. Saw it last night, actually. Um, so, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I thought it was fun. Um, it didn't take itself too seriously. It was... It, it was basically... For me, it was the closest that we've gotten to kind of what it's like to read a Suicide Squad comic book. Like, there are some serious moments in it, but at least to me, it's fun, lighthearted. It's getting to see a bunch of supervillains interact with each other instead of heroes. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought the cast was great. I really enjoyed Idris Elba as Bloodsport. Margot Robbie is always great. Uh, I love her Harley Quinn. Uh, it... The only, um, I, I, I enjoy James Gunn's uh, work. I enjoy both of his um, Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Uh, 
the only thing for me that j I just wasn't feeling, and it's not even a big deal, it, I, I don't understand why they got Sylvester Stallone to be King Shark. Because at times, I kind of couldn't tell it was him. I actually, being, this might sound so stupid, I didn't realize he was actually, because I didn't, when I did film, when I film movies, believe it or not, I don't look up who the cast is. So I'm just surprised on set who's there. Mm -hmm. Like, I never look up, and then sometimes I still don't know who the full cast is until I watch it, or, or if I ever watch something. Because I just, I'm just not one to look up and stalk all that. So I really don't care. I hate to say right. it. Right. So I, I just don't know. So I didn't realize until a few weeks ago that he, I saw he was in it, but I didn't realize he was King Shark because on set on Pinewood, um, when we did the um, King Shark, well, one of the scenes, um, I was in a, a, the ranger for that scene, and I just saw this man. Like I don't know if he had red hair blonde hair I don't know he had just like this I remember he had this like really scruffy beard and like he was in some different parts of the costume it wasn't like the real costume it was just for CGI that he had like stickers CGI stickers all over him and then had like this because I got to hold the king shark head it was all it was was like this what are they called tubes like the white tube like um gosh what are they called they're almost made out of like these tubes, like PVC pipe or whatever. P pipes, yeah, pipe. They're like formed into a kind of a shark shape, and there are pipes with like, you know, the little stickers or whatever all over it for ed the editing. So, and he was holding it. So when the, I heard Sylvester Stallone was actually King Shark, like right before when I saw the movie, I was like, no, he wasn't. He wasn't there. Yeah. Like, no, he was. I mean, right. he might have been the voice, but then I realized, oh, he was just the voice that you know that had somebody else. So like that did throw me off. So, you know, like how when someone is cast in a role and you just kind of see that person and it distracts from the actual role? Right. This was the exact opposite. Like, I knew it was Sylvester Stallone, but there were times where I couldn't tell. But because in my mind, I know that I'm supposed to be hearing some. I, it, there was a disconnect for me, which is because I enjoyed the character of King Shark. I thought he was hilarious. Um, that like there are a bunch of moments where like reminds me of Yoda like, a little. Some of the comments he would make, he would say like backwards, like Yoda. That's what it did remind me. A little bit. And I was like, what? But I don't know. It just when I know that Stallone is supposed to be in a movie, I want to see Stallone. And I guess if that's my only negative takeaway from the movie, it's a good. It's a good movie. I enjoy. They probably see him as Rocky though. Yeah, so, so you want to take make it a Rocky movie? So, um. <clears throat> Interestingly, to your point about Stallone, I, I was kind of the opposite on that. I mean, I, as soon as the first nom nom or whatever, <laughs> he nom sounded, nom. It sounded like Rocky to me. And like, so I'm, the whole time I was like, I, never picked up on that. I was like, well, this must have been a wild couple of days for Sylvester Stallone, like in a recording studio, recording I would have loved dialogue. to have sat in the studio um, and just hear him record those lines. got a nice check for it, I'm sure, too. But, you know, um, this is one of those movies, the first of many, 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 that I was hesitant to watch solely based on the fact that I'm I'm 100% a release the Snyder cut and restore now the restore Snyderverse. the Snyderverse person. And I feel so personal, personally invested in what happened mm -hmm. with Warner Brothers' mistreatment of Zack Snyder that I had vowed probably just to, to sort of be done with Warner Brothers' comic adaptations for the foreseeable future mm -hmm. and focus on other movies and franchises I was interested in. Keep reading DC Comics or something like that, but not get too invested in the movies anymore i with that in mind i did not go to the theater to watch it i already have an hbo max subscription because of course i want to watch justice league and i don't have the blu-ray yet so Soon. Uh, i did watch the film this morning um and to backpedal a little bit in 20 whatever it was 2016 whenever suicide squad came out the old one mm -hmm. the 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 alleged David Ayer movie, even though we all know that wasn't David Ayer's movie. Um, I was very disappointed because David Ayer had cut some really interesting trailers for his version of the movie. 
and then that's not what we got. Um, and so it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth just all the way around in general. So that was another reason why I was kind of like... Still waiting on those unreleased Jared Leto Joker things. Right. Mm. Still waiting. Um, and so I, it was one of those movies where I, it wasn't like there was a ton of hype um, for me personally. I will say that it was a far cry better than whatever that was they gave us in 2016. Yeah. Um, it, it had James Gunn's... Um, Flavor flair to it yeah like um and and i did enjoy the guardians movies so it had that that same sensibility to it um it there were things i wasn't i I wasn't thrilled about i mean i actually really enjoy portrayals of king shark where he's much smarter and not played for laughs Mm -hmm. so i was a little bummed by that um but i will say that i did enjoy um the final third of the movie a lot. I thought that um, the the way that the story resolved itself had an interesting emotional yes. core to it. I thought Starro looked really cool. Um, <clears throat> I, never, I wish I could have seen him in person, but he was all right. about I never facts. thought um, I would say this, but I feel like the heart of the movie is the character Ratcatcher 2. Right, which is... She is so, well, so well, sweet in person. Oh, my God. Ratcatcher 2 and Polka Dot Man. Yes. They are the sweetest. Oh, my God. Which, and I can't wait to talk to you about that. But, I, I you know, it it was one of those things where, you know, overall, I found the movie to be um, entertaining, mm-hmm. which is what the goal of movies is. So, it, it didn't leave me feeling anywhere near as bummed out as 2016's movie. So it's a win in that regard. I had fun watching this movie. Like, because the same way I read comic books and I want different things out of certain comic books, like I'll read some stuff because I know that it's going to be like a serious story. It's going to be like really in-depth. There are some comic books where I'm like, I know that I'm just in for a fun ride. Right. And that is exactly what I got with the Suicide Squad. It right. couldn't get better, worse than, I mean, not better. It couldn't get worse than the first. So we already know it was going to be good. And to right. me, I like the way that the story was told. I like that it opens up and they're on the beaches of Cordo Maltese. And uh, yes. you see uh, Rick Flagg with, so with his version of the team uh, returning uh, Captain Boomerang. I'm like, yeah, Captain Boomerang. Uh, Harley, uh, Pete Davidson's character, whose name I forgot. Uh, and just, it, it, it it all go it all goes to hell real quick. His bloodshot. Yeah. It's no uh, Idris Elba's bloodshot. No, but Pete. Um, I I didn't know if you heard, I heard you say him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it so it 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 opens up on the beaches. It all goes to hell, and then it flashes back, and you get like the backstory of stuff. Uh, and then it flashes forward to like another side of the island. We're like, okay, so this is going. It felt like reading a comic book. You're like, okay, I'm reading this, and then this story happens, but then you have to go get this other issue of something to figure out what's going on over here, and by the end of it, it has all tied in together, and I was like, that's a really nice way of telling the story. It wasn't like your typical linear, we start here, we go through the motions, by the end of it, we get to the end of the story. It was, this is kind of sort of the middle of the story, and then after we see the middle of the story, we're going to go back to the beginning, then we're going to jump here, jump there. It was just a fun, different take on structural storytelling of a comic book movie, in my opinion. Right. I mean, it, 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 for what it was, it was, like I said, it was entertaining, it was amusing, mm-hmm. which is really what, you know. And I will say that there are, um, there's an element of the chatter online about this movie that um, I do somewhat agree with. It says that um, Walter Hamada and the powers that be that are running things behind the scenes at Warner Brothers are very invested. One of the reasons they moved away from Zack Snyder is that they're very invested in making movies that feel like they could be more Marvel-esque because they think that that's a smarter business strategy. I don't know if that's the truth or not. I don't. I don't know Walter Hamada. I don't know I'm these not people. Privy to those I'm not meetings. privy to those board meetings. But I'm I not a shareholder. Say, I don't get to sit. I will stuff. say that bringing in 
uh, James Gunn to make a movie that feels like it could be, uh, like it might have had some, like it it, it had some uh, some of the same DNA as. It had, it had some of the same DNA, I think, to me as Guardians. There were some Marvel references mm-hmm. um, and things like that. So I do think that this is a movie that fueled that chatter. Well, um, and, I, and I really think that that's going to really work for some people. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to work for others. So, you know, I think it Suicide Squad sort of uniquely, you can get away with, like you said, that tone, that flair. Yes. It works. Um, we will wait and see what happens in some of these other movies um, as to if I, I my suspicion is that if when the Flash movie arrives uh, it's overly funny and the big twist at the end is they completely do away with everything that happened in the Snyderverse that's not going to sit well right but this movie does not do that kind of stuff that was not James Gunn's mission and he James Gunn set out to tell he a made really, a, make a really good movie and tell an interesting story. And by the and like, way, let's not forget James Gunn took this movie on after he got the characters. after he got greatly disrespected when he saw it uh, by people attempting to uh, cancel him a few years ago. Mm. Um, so uh, I was very excited for him when he was you know initially booted off of Guardians Three and then took this on instead. And now he's gotten to do Guardians 3 anyway, right? Yes. So it all worked out for him. And I'm he excited for Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Good for him. I met him one time very briefly. The 30 seconds I spoke to him, he was very, very uh, friendly. Into Dragon Con? Dragon Con. Yeah. Right, right so, after so the first I. Guardians <laughs> came out. So. But, um, oh, also, uh, after the movie was over, my one takeaway was, I want more John Cena's Peacemaker. I love Peacemaker. He was ridiculous. Well, that's why when they left it the, the after the credits, that yeah. little cliffhanger. Oh, yeah, there thing. is an after credit scene. So, a uh, cliffhanger yeah, for there. Peacemaker to introduce to the well, series. Well, we are getting the Peacemaker yeah. HBO yeah, Max that's, series. That was so. why. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, John Cena, I will say this. I was actually impressed with his acting when it got to the darker elements of it. And yes. I, I don't know how spoilery we want to be. I don't want to say anything yeah, like that. overly spoilery, but but you guys know what I'm talking about. Okay, if you don't want spoilers, just don't listen to the rest of this. Um, you know. Because I'm probably going to spoil a lot of yeah. it. Well, this is true. I like, like John Cena you, more in this. I mean, if you've gotten this far, you've already accepted well, the fact that you're probably going to get spoiled through it because I'm going to lay it If down. you were just l- listening solely to hear what we thought about the movie without a lot of spoilers, you could probably dip out now because once we start talking to Lindsay in depth about scenes but, but she was filming. But you probably don't want to, so yeah. You're going to have lots of spoilers. Oh, no, you, you can dip out and then come back after you watch the movie. Yeah, dip uh, out and go watch the movie. Okay, well then come back after but, you watch yeah, the movie. Of the, and then listen to the behind the scenes behind this, Yeah, I have a lot of behind the scenes Of stuff. the two John Cena movies I've seen in the last 30 days, uh, I enjoyed this one. I, I enjoyed both of them, but I enjoyed him as Peacemaker more than Dominic Toretto's long-lost brother that didn't make any sense that we didn't know about. But whatever. But I think I I do think John Cena is a really good actor, and I yeah, can't fa- wait to see what happens with the HBO Max series. Fa- I, at the risk of offending some people, Fast, oh God. including well, me, Fast Nine. Calm yourself. Oh God. Fast was it was it was Nine, right? It was fast Nine. Oh. Fast, fast Nine was was slow your roll. Fast and a little tired. Shut your mouth. Okay. Okay. Stick it's back, still, back to this. It's, it's still it, better than Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Okay. Back back to back to the point. Yeah. Mm, yeah, better Tokyo Drift. And, and part two. Fair. But, uh, okay, so, Lindsay, um, let's take us on this journey. What was it like filming this movie? Um, how did you how did you get cast in it? What was it like? It was definitely or, my favorite set, hands down. I've worked on so many sets, and that was hands down my favorite set to this day. I've ever, mm-hmm. I still, like, we have, like, of all the stunts and people who... And some of the some of the cast, we all like the, this group chat we're in, and like to this day, we still like check up on each other and like are just saying how much we miss each other, and all that stuff. So like, it's I mean, literally, they're literally my family. Like, yeah. I I probably will remember that until I'm gray and old and still be telling those stories. But um, no, how I got on it is okay. So I was doing there was this one day I was just heard about 
someone them needing stunts for the movie Greenland. Um, this was back in, I, I mean, I just graduated college in May 2019, and this was like either July, June or July, I can't remember which month, that they needed stunts for Greenland and filming in Georgia. And so, you know, I, I put in like to be stunts and they picked me. And um, so I was a similar role as in military, doing military and had a, um, a military weapons and all that stuff. And basically doing a lot of similar stuff for the stunts mm-hmm. in that movie as as to this one. So when, so for this movie, you know, I kept those pictures of me to put it like as a kind of like resume kind of thing. So like had I not done Greenland, I don't know if I would have gotten, you know, the part for this. Cause I, so, but um, anyway, so I found out they were needing some stunts and military people for this movie called El, El Dorado. And I was like, the hell is El Dorado? I mean, I'm sure I'll, I almost didn't put in for it cause like um, audition or whatever for it. Cause I was just like, I mean, what the hell is this? Like, but then, uh, but then I kind of, after I found out I got it, I they like I looked it up the keyword. It was just a keyword, and I looked up is actually the Suicide Squad. So I was like, oh my god, like oh my god, I'm so glad I didn't just turn it down. But um, I found out through somebody or saw somewhere that they were wanting stunts for it. So we had I got asked to do boot camp ranger, uh, ranger boot camp. Well, we had to go train at Pinewood Studios, and they had, like, military rangers, all that <clears throat> people, like, professionals, and as well as stunt professional coordinators, like, Mr. Dale, who you'll actually see him in the movie. He's near the end. He'll say his name is Dale. That was our stunt coordinator. But, um, they basically had an audition, and it went down, it went from, like, 300 people, or military people in a warehouse, and there was only a few of us, including me, who weren't actually experienced in military most of them really were um so they had us like for like a week or two go to the boot camp and like they knocked it down from 300 people to like i want to say 100 if i remember right i can't it's, it was like two years ago but i think it was like 100 and then they knocked from 100 to like 50 and then by the end of the very movie in the movie it got down to like five of us <clears throat> but um so yeah that was it really was between that and the grace of God that I got on it, honestly. But, um, yeah, so that's how it was. So, um, what was the the experience of the the boot camp like? Like, what specifically, what, what sorts of things were they really concerned with teaching you guys or seeing if you could do? Interesting enough, it, I thought it was, it was, so they wanted us, especially since there was only, there's never really any right females in ranger boot camp. They wanted to must be like man, men and look like men and act and walk like them and everything. So that was, you know, kind of a little tougher to do, especially since I'm so little and everything. But um, they, this was like so long ago, but I'm trying to remember exactly what all we did. But I know they um trained us, even though just about everybody there was already familiar with firearms. They had special firearms that are, that's not even legal, I want to say. Now, I don't want to say quote me, but from what I remember, I don't think they were legal. Like, we had to have special permission to have these firearms. Um, so I don't even know if a lot of the military even used them. They were, like, very specific ones, and I can't remember what they were called. Um, so they had to train us on how to sneak up on people and do, and then sneak up on them with the weapons and then run really quick and then slide and then just do all these different stunts with it and to look believable but the way they trained us it wasn't like normal military because a lot of people in the, who were in the military they're like this is not how you do certain this this and that but because to make it look look real for the movie you had to do it a certain way to make to be able to do it on camera you had to do it a certain way so like it was mainly training how to do that, how to sneak attack, how to, um, just a lot of, like, different stuff, um, basically. That's really how it was, from what I remember. So, um... And we definitely had, they made us how to learn how to, you know, do our military hair and polish our shoes and stuff, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, having, we've, we've both seen the movie now, um, and Logan's talk to you about it probably a little bit more than I have so um 
Which sequences, what, what are the main sequences that you filmed a lot for in the movie? It was throughout the whole thing, really. Um, but, okay, we started off at the beach scene, and I don't quote me on this, but I want to say, from what I remember, given it was two years ago, I don't have the best memory on that, but from what I remember them telling me, that we did the beach scene at Pine Woods, and I re think I remember them saying it was either a million dollars to make or, like, the beach itself, like, the set or several million, I can't really remember how much. I just know it was a lot of money. That And the, it looks so realistic, because it was filmed at Pinewood. But the beach, I mean, they had, I mean, they literally had brought in plants from different states um, to make it look like Panama, because, you know, they had to do it over here. And so they had like the sand and it was super deep, because we had to like dig through the sand and it was, I mean, it wasn't just like a, thin layer of sand like it, it I mean it was a full-on beach and they even had a machine to make the waves to look at real and then like behind all that was just a big green screen or blue screen it was one of them it was like a gr big green screen behind all of that and and they had actual like big man-made rocks um to do so yeah that was that's what we did first and I remember um kind of forgot your question well yeah it was basically just like what were the the major sequences you were in like um oh yeah that's so right. like anyone watching it would be like oh yeah well like, okay you can... you're talking about okay so yeah so this is like the very first scene um so that was the first thing we ever actually worked on was we, the boot camp training was in august and then we started filming in like early september i want to say if i remember um and that was like the first scenes we worked on was the beach and we worked on that for weeks and weeks and weeks and just to do that beginning scene of the beach um and so like pete davidson was only there for like one or two or three days um but i remember he was one of the first things we actually filmed um and like they had us several of us go up and like sneak up with our guns and then this is a spoiler if you don't want spoilers this is a spoiler but um and so i got to shoot him in the head from afar and i kept i kept my little you know my little blank from it or um so i was like oh so i went home and it's like dad i got to kill pete davidson he's like i'm so <laughs> proud i'm like that's weird of you saying that but okay but um that it was that but um what was i gonna say um then we did the um scene where the helicopter so we had a there was a real helicopter but it was crashed on the beach so for that scene um for when like was it boomerang yes yeah boomerang when boomerang um you know yeah rest in peace um <laughs> when him when he gets like blown up it so basically like what what they did is they actually had a stuntman um, come, you'll see in the movie, the boomerang's coming out of the helicopter on fire. They had a stuntman, and we only filmed that, like, I think maybe once. And we, only, we had, like, fire, I think it was, like, we had all, like, yeah. firefighter everyone around just the we had fire extinguishers everybody we like right there incredibly dangerous yeah he was wearing it was together. like a fireproof suit and we only had like five seconds to film that and then they immediately ex like put him out with a fire but i remember i was like oh you could not pay me to be in that right you can only keep the flames at bay even in those suits even with the special gels that they can yeah. put on them and stuff yeah. you can only do that like for so long before it it's gonna hurt the person anyway so you were on the beach you were in the beach scene and you were um, also in the club scene later I, on I was gonna say oh I, well, I was gonna i was gonna say i, uh, I actually saw you i in that i saw you in that scene when i was watching it and i also yeah remember, i that i remember you telling us some some interesting so, tidbits of stories of like you um of talking to some of the actors and stuff in the scenes and not being fully aware of who they were at the time. I remember right, that back right. like two years ago when you were filming. So it. I wasn't even supposed to do that scene, but like all because I was, I was my role was the ranger of the film. Like that was my role through the entire film. Mm. And so like I remember calling the casting person because we filmed that on the day before Halloween and the day of Halloween in 2019. So it was like October 30th and 31st we filmed the club scene. And I, those are my, since, 
since um, all the days before that, we were all filming, you know, our mil ranger, our military scenes at the beach. So those were all like two days off. If we weren't doing the club scene, those were our only two days off. And I was like, oh crap, I want to film. Like, that's not fair. Cause I found out several of my friends who did that, that scene um, for the military, cause they have to go in and arrest John Cena and all that. I found out they were doing it. And so I called the casting lady. I was like, well, I want to, you know, like, I want to, can you put me on for those two days? And she's like, well, I mean, we have enough sol the soldiers and it wouldn't really make sense. But I was like, well, uh, well, you don't, I mean, you can't really tell, um, cause I look like a man as a soldier. So I'm like, if I, they dress me up like a girl, like you're not going to be able to tell it's the same person. So I was like, I'll just, I just want to be there. Like just to hang out with my friends. Cause they were like, they became families and I just wanted to be on set with them because it, it was just so much fun so I like screw it just put me in as to be a club person I really don't care and um she's like okay well you can just do that then but like obviously the pay rate was totally different because I was going you know so but I was like whatever it'll be fun so we did that and sure enough um so when I got there that was like on Halloween um so how do you say his name I can't ever say it the um dark guy from Dortmund. Oh, um, oh, it's, uh, oh my God, I can never it's say David, his, um, I can't say his last name. Is it, I don't want to mispronounce it. Is it Dashelmond? Okay, so, I can never David, that's Malchin, that's Malchin, that's Malchin. Yeah, I'm yeah, so yeah. sorry if I'm butchering your name, the name, but I, I generally just, I'm not the best with names. The guy so who's please, been in, like, all these different Yeah, DC basically, yes, well, I, I just. The guy that was Polka Dot Man, the guy that was the crazy guy from well, Dark Knight. Well, okay, well, basically, I didn't realized that day because I had not been filming with him that was like my first time filming with him for that movie because we didn't start filming the rest of the movie until later on um so I just didn't really think about it um my favorite movie in the world is has always been the dark knight so like I, I've seen that movie like 20 million times like I know that movie but for some reason I just did not pick up on that he was in it I don't know why I didn't so one of the guys I was that you'll see me with actually in the club scene we were just talking and dancing he's like you know he plays such and such in that movie and he like described the scene I was like no way how did I not pick up on that and um so when I, I went up I was wanting to because he was like standing beside me um David and the the rat I can't, rat catcher too rat catcher too um they were all standing beside me the entire day with Idris Elba and all the rest of the cast and so, like, they were just talking to us, and I wanted so bad to say to him, um, heads or heads or tail, like, flip a coin, heads or tail, like, just say the line, but I was like, oh, I, I'm not going to do that, because just because <laughs> it was Heath Ledger and all that, I just really just, I just didn't want to go there. But, um, no, he is so nice. And then, like, he was teaching me some dance. We were joking around, and he was doing, like, I can't remember what funky dance it was. And they were just like joking around with the rat catcher and they were just the sweetest people it was so funny and like he was asking me questions and stuff i can't remember what it was but i was like wow he's really nice because i've been on sets with people and they're just complete a-holes and like i just actually refused to go on some sets because they were so rude that like, i just refused to go on them but like i was surprised with how nice this cast was like it's like a refresher that they weren't like stuck up and everything so tell me the oh, tell yeah. me the this the um you told me two stories about filming those sequences back okay a, a year and a half two years ago yeah. um you told me one about the james gunn and uh james gunn and john, john cena C okay yeah and you told me one about idris elba i thought those were both very funny what was it idris, idris uh, elba? i think it was the one where he was like watching it was oh yeah yeah it was it was like he oh was i totally watching, forgot about that he was watching soccer and he was very you invested. might want to say it because i don't remember yeah so you told me i remember about two years ago i don't ago, remember that <laughs> uh, i remember it now but i can't remember uh, about two years ago uh Lindsay was telling me one day we were at rehearsal for for something and Lindsay tells me um that she had had a couple of like conversations or, or she was talking to Idris Elba and at the time didn't fully realize exactly who, who he, he was, was because you know it just it is what it is I, and I'm, right? I believe it or not and, I love being in movies but I don't watch them and, I don't I'm not a movie person and I know yeah you're gonna hate me well screw that whatever you think <laughs> but I just I'm not a huge I'm ADHD I can't just sit down long enough to watch a movie unless it's right. like DC I just you're, can't well you're not alone so I don't I don't 
know um, all these actors unless I hear them in news stories. And what's funny is, like, every time she tells us a story, we're like, yeah! You know? <laughs> and so, I'm, like, I'm like, wait, what? So she she tells us the story that she's, talk, she's talking to him and she's not fully sure who he is. Then she's, I mean, she figures it out. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's um, he's very excited about some soccer, soccer game. match that he's watching. They're and watching he, it live he, he keeps on the phone. updating people. Showing people his phone. Oh yeah, and, I remember and, on set. It was some. I can't remember which game it was or what team it was. I just know it was a big to do soccer game, like and like the whole all the all the crew on the set that day. Now that I remember it some now, but um, that they were all like in between takes. They would pause the takes, or whatever, just to like get updated on the soccer, and he would have it on on live on his phone, like you know, watching it live on some app or whatever. And updating all the crew, and they were just so invested of this soccer game. And I'm like, oh my god, like I just was like, it was it was funny though. I totally forgot about that. Um, but but he was a uh, he was a nice guy. Oh oh absolutely. Oh yeah, and then I'll get to another story about another scene later on with him. But it was so funny. Um, and so, so I, I know that you the. I know you. I know you recall the one with James Gunn and John Cena. Okay, so that's, oh yeah, that's got to be probably so, um, one of the more memorable. <clears throat> that was actually that a really, really embarrassing one. So I was, they, they didn't, they did like several different takes of the club scene, and then like put different because I, they did this take where this one girl was dancing on, or these two girls, or well, one mainly, was um was dancing on John Cena and then they had me dancing with him and another take and then another take and they end up not using either of those takes because we spent like almost the whole day of of just us trying like dancing with him and it was like so I was like for sure you know that's gonna be on there so I was surprised when I saw that in the movie like they didn't use those but um but um so the takes so what I'm talking about they didn't even use the takes for the club scene but basically what happened was we were, I was dancing with John Cena and this other guy, and um, I had a beer bottle in my hand. And um, so we were just in the middle of dancing, and the camera was right behind me, um, focusing on me and John Cena and Rick Flagg. And so I, we were dancing, and I normally, naturally, when I dance, you know, I have my hand in the air, just like dancing, whatever, and I just wasn't thinking. I, so I had the beer bottle in my hand and just dancing it in the air. And James Gunn stops it, says, cut. And I look back. He's like, who is that holding the beer bottle, you know, holding it up? And I was like, that's that me. And he says, well, you just blocked our shot. We have to re-do all this. But well, he was really, like, joke. It was like a joking. I was like, like, don't get me wrong. He's not a jerk, James Gunn isn't. He was just more so, like, was he was serious but also joking in the same time just, like, to make fun. So he's not actually make mean, but um, so I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And John Cena thought it would be a great opportunity to screw with me, and just like pull a little prank. He goes, you know, way to mess up the shot, blah blah blah. John Cena was like, and he was just like give me a hard time, and you know, just saying it was like all my fault, whatever. And I'm sitting here like almost in tears, like pale in the face, like I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, thinking I'm about to get like fired or escorted off set. I don't, I don't know what was about to happen. I, I was like, I just apologize, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. And then he sees that I was just, like, freaking out. Like, I, felt, I genuinely felt so bad. And John Tina was like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm glad you covered the beer bottle covered by face because, you know, I'd rather the beer bottle be seen than me and so that way nobody's TVs will break or whatever. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this just happened. <laughs> I'd, I'd have been a nervous wreck if that if that oh i felt yeah i i was i thought i had a heart attack so because i was just and then like i didn't know how to process all that what just happened so like whoo that was that was that was that was a day (laughs) yeah um so uh what what were um i'm thinking how to word this question watching the movie what was the most um, surprising thing to you? Something that, like, a, a visual effect, when you saw it, you were like, oh, my God, that okay, turned out cool. Fine. Okay, exactly. So, the star... Okay, so, after the beach scene, um, we did the club scene. And then from the club scene, after that, like, days later, we then filmed... Um, what, did, what did we call it? It it was I don't know exactly what how to how to describe it. We called it the Starro scene or whatever because it was the scene where um, 
the building explodes and then we're um like we're running up on the dirt and then there we see a building and the harley quinn and all them are trying to go in the building to make it explode it's that scenes if you're mm-hmm. trying to get where i'm coming from so actually the indoors of that there was no building you know the building explode there was no building so we were all just there was no starro um there's no king shark um no, none of them were there uh, okay who was there was polka dot man um and i'm talking about the the starro scene where there we all like star hits our face and then we all are out this was the outside not the inside starro scene but the outdoors one uh, <clears throat> and we walk like zombies we actually had to take a class for that how to because they're like we don't want walking dead zombies we want you know like different type of not like zombies but like you're basically like possessed Mm -hmm. so they may actually made us go to a training for that which was kind of funny but um anyways and so we had our sorrow mask on for that and before that the sorrow mask we just they said just look up in the air as if starfishes were coming in now Keep in mind, what a strange I, direction. It, 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 it <laughs> was very. Well, that's what we had to have imagine. We had a big imagination because I okay. I should have read the comment books or whatever because I I didn't know what the hell was going on. And I was like, who the hell is Starro? Until I looked it up. I mean, not who the hell. Like I knew, but like I never really. I didn't really understand it until I finally was smart enough to look into it you afterwards. You didn't have enough of an understanding I mean, to be so, able to picture it the way. Exactly. Right. I, I couldn't explain that. He explained it perfectly, what he just said, basically. So, when he's like, he's like, the, James Gunn and all them were like, just, you know, act like there's star starfisher in the air and about to attack your face. And, <laughs> and then there's a big star. He didn't word, say word for word. I'm just yeah. basically what he was saying. And there, there's this big starfish and then a, you know, on top of that, you know, all the, you know, w- while he was saying that, um, Harley Quinn and Idris Elba, Polka Dot Man, and the Rat Catcher too, they were all actually there. But King Shark, I never saw him. Actually, they just CGI'd him in that, and they CGI'd Starro in that. Um, At any point during this, so that got confusing. Where you're, where, where you're watching someone in a polka dot costume, and you're watching. Um, Harley Quinn running around and you have a director yelling at you to imagine starfish are falling and attacking your face at any point were you like my life is very interesting oh I, no well, the, like, 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 before <laughs> all that before all that because that's why I, I never finished with like the beach scene when um what was her name um the one who it was off the Wait, let me see. Mong, Mongol? I don't know. Mongal. I can never pronounce it right. Mongal, like, from back, throw back to the beach scene. She had to jump off, and we were, I was shooting at her at the rocks, and she had to jump off that rock and, you know, pull the helicopter down. Well, she, we just had a, a rope hanging, and she just went, or they had something, or just not even a rope. I, she went to fake jump off. She didn't actually literally jump off. That, like, she just jumped and then landed back on the rock. So then when they cut it just right to make it look like she was, you know, and the stunts and all that but um there were so this helicopter was all cgi the only thing real about the helicopter was that was the one that was actually on the ground and they made the helicopter noise was were like big fans mm. um were like a big fan to make it sound like that and actually one of the bombs that went off um oh there was many of them um that we had to run through but there was this one big one and i can't remember which one in the which part of the film it was but um at the beach it actually, you know how, I don't smoke, but I've seen people smoke, and you know smoke O's or whatever? It did the biggest O in the air up top, and I was like, oh my god, now that's freaking cool. But, so there's that. But back to the Starro story. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's very, I mean, pretty much when you're filming, like, it's, you're always thinking, I mean, it, it gets to the point where you realize you're, it's not normal, and you, you just you, you come to terms that like it's just something. It's normal to be not normal, I guess you, in the mindset. And so, whenever we were, um, I I remember whenever we were filming that, um, and we were all had the starfishes on our face. Now we actually did have a mask on. It was like a foam mask. Um, so that was real. Just when it was flying in the air, that wasn't real, and attacking the face, that wasn't real. But, but. 
when we did have it on the face, we had a circle. This was a part where we were all circled around um, Polka Dot Man, the, um, the Rat Catcher 2, Harley Quinn, and Idris Elba. They were all in, inside our circle, and we were, like, going in on them. When they said cut, because Idris, Idris Elba was like, that is, y'all just scared the living hell out of me. Like, this was, like, the creepiest thing I've ever done. Like, it literally, like, scared, like... He was like, I felt like like demons were like some coming after, like he's like we really scared the crap out of him. And I was like, well, ooh, good good for me. And then job well done. Yeah, no, we did it right then. But um, I feel like if if I was in that situation where I was being told to look up into the sky, as, I was just looking around like what the hell am I looking at? As countless alien starfish are falling upon me, and I look over and I see Harley Quinn and and Bloodsport and Polka Dot Man and where King Shark is supposed to be. I, I would think to myself, I've made it. Oh, is, I, oh yeah. This is the greatest moment well, the, of my life. No, no, it's more I so I like thought that. Job. As soon as I got on set for the beach scene, that's, I've already had gotten that in my yeah. head. Well, as soon as I got the email that I got it and did Ranger Bootcamp, I've already then said I made it. But, like, that just made it better. But, um, no, what was so cool is David, who played um, Polka Dot Man, oh, he was so sweet. So, when we filmed this, that scene with the Starro and, like, the outdoors where we're shooting up at the um like king shark or all the all of them um and looking up at them and the buildings exploding and water's coming out mm -hmm. so it was keep in mind it was freezing cold i think it did rain some that day and not only that it was freezing cold like in the 30s um and we're in we're covered in wet mud um and because they had to pat us down with mud to make it look real and was that all at pinewood also this was all at pinewood and it i mean it was it was absolutely freezing and so i was shivering and um i don't really have good blood flow in my body so my hands were like turning purple just because of my condition and so david looked over and he saw i was just shivering he went over and got his jacket and was like let me wear it for the rest of the set to warm up and i was like you, I'm thinking in my head, you were like the sweetest person I've ever met in my entire life. Because who, who would even think like it was that cold outside? He could have used his jacket, but like no, like to think like to give it to me, I was just like that was just so, you know, That's like yeah. I, so I, I just had even more respect for him after that. Um, and I'm trying to think what else about that. Um, oh, oh, I don't know if I can legally say this. Let, 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 let's well, not let, okay. let's avoid that. Never let's, mind. Let's save that for uh, off, off off the podcast. Off okay, the I'll tell y'all later. No it was about stunts exactly. and what happened. Okay, yeah. um, well, I what um so did you did you enjoy watching that sequence then when you saw it? Well, it felt like I felt like I was yeah when watching the whole movie, I felt like together. I was literally reliving that day. Like it felt like I was just literally reliving it all again and i was like finally i get to really live the best one of some of the best moments of my life and it's like to watch it and relive it and like it just it felt so good mm -hmm. could you and uh cool. could you i know there's a lot of different camera angles and a lot of different things oh, gosh, yeah. could you identify yourself in that final sequence anywhere in the crowd did you do you, did what you final sequence which like one? With, with, with the the star o scene do, do you know so, where you were at yeah oh no so okay there's one where they the the this lady um one of my friends she what they zoomed in on her face and we we're all laying on the ground it was just her face and then they zoom out i was literally behind her um mm -hmm. and like it and um i remember for that they had they the film clapper was like the size of it took up like it would say like half of camelot stage the film Okay. Because it was that big because the camera was so high up, so, so high up and zooming down in. And so they had to go action and they did that to like her face, whatever. And I thought I was like, oh my God, that's so close. But no, um, that, um, yeah, I was directly, you probably saw my, I thought they were going to zoom out more because how they zoomed out more. Yeah. My face was literally right there. So it got my arm, but like, so I was like, oh crap. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, um, I will say we those masks were just a pain. even though they look cool and they felt cool, they were a pain in the butt to wear because you, literally you you were, you were like blind because they did have tiny little tiny eye hole, mm -hmm. but it was just like could you breathe in them like that? I, well, I, yeah, because yeah, you could be, but it was more so 
And especially, I mean, it wasn't covering your mouth either. But it was more so you couldn't see a thing. So we were, during takes, we were tripping over each other's guns and just literally everything. Like, we were just tripping over everything. And, like, I was like, oh, my gosh. This is just, I mean, I loved wearing it. Don't get me wrong. I do miss wearing it. But it was just a pain in the butt sometimes. And you said earlier, before we recorded, you said that was one of the props that uh, some oh, people God. tried to swipe, but they got caught. So you, well, you thought better of it. You put yours back. Yeah. Let's <laughs> just, you know. I was like, I, want, I thought, I was like, oh, I do want to keep this, but I also don't want to go to jail or get in trouble or anything like that. And so play, I'm not going to sell it. You played it smart. You played yeah. it smart. But there were a few, and then I don't want to say who all. But I have let's, a feeling I know who. Let's, let's avoid some. names. You know. No, I don't know names. I just okay. have a certain, like, a gist of who may right. have done it. But I'd have taken one. Yeah, I'd have risked it. I'd have risked it all. It's like I always said, like, if I worked I got on, a picture of me wearing it, though, and I'm going to post it, though. Nice. I always said if I had worked on Game of Thrones, I would have taken so many, I'd so have, many things. I'd have walked away so, with a long claw and maybe a couple of other um, swords. So, you some know. crowns. If if I was ever fortunate enough to be on a set, my my whole every set I worked on Man of Steel, I'd have taken one of those capes. Every set I've ever been on has either been uh, a theatrical set I was helping construct, or nice. um, nice, or the set of a. I wish we had an official website so we could post uh, that set of a film that um, I wrote and nobody has ever seen like, or heard of. So we're getting there. So it would it would be. If I was ever on set, I would be very tempted mm-hmm. uh, about things and, like that. And keep so in mind, tempted. I it's not like I had pockets to put it in. I mean, like maybe I mean the only pocket I had would be like my military pants um, uniform. There was like one little pocket, but like, oh my god, that would be so freaking obvious right. because it's. I mean, like, I mean there there and keep like, it, it you just with what I was given, it was just almost it's, impossible to do that. Plus, we didn't have our phones like. I mean, oh my, if you even thought about taking your phone into right. set, you, I mean, just the even thought, just the, just the thought, you were fired. That conversation, like... They literally took that, up our phones every single day. Is that, is that a, a mini starfish hanging out of your pocket? And then... Well, you would see the shape <laughs> and then, and, of it. And, and then, it's not like you, they'd be like, you could get away and say, oh, that's something else. No, they would make you empty your pockets, and you could see like, the shape of it. Not only... Is, 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 is that a piece of Starro? Like, you're like, did you, try to, did you try to steal Starro? You're like, are you being... No. Did I? Did I? Did I? Yeah. It's like, are you being coy with us? Am, Am I? I? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, you know you can't take that. Take what? Shh. Everything will be okay. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they don't. You let can us on afford more. <laughs> I won't post this on the Twitter until after. But I'll go no. ahead and take the picture, but then, like you know, how you can schedule it. I'll do it. No, because then I wouldn't have been able to do the scene with my lines <laughs> had I done that. I would have been so, kicked off. So tell us about that, uh, where you had lines. The palace scene. Okay, so James Gunn, we got to email from the casting people saying you know they wanted out of this out of like the 20 military people they wanted they were going to james gunn was going to hand pick five to be to do um five of us to do a palace scene to go arrest harley quinn and so i was thinking in my head in the email oh there's no way in hell i'd be the last person he picks because i'm one of my female like not trying to be sexist but like gen like when you want a ranger's normally like a man like and so i was thinking well there there goes my chance just because like like technically it just norm tech if you want to be technical i mean i just didn't think i had a chance for that reason but then also i'm like i'm the tiniest one i'm one of the only ones out of the 20 who doesn't have military experience i mean like i have i mean even though i did go to the boot camp training i mean prior like prior experience before all that and so I was like, there's literally no way. And I got a call saying, oh, yeah, you did get picked. And I was like, okay, pinch me now. So when we got to the set, um, that was like two or three days we did the palace scene where we have to – she she kills um, the man after she sleeps with him. And now I will say, when, when we ran in the – through, uh, so I was one of them who – I was on the very, very, very far right mm-hmm. with the gun pointing at her and I had the bun. So if you all ever want to go back and look. That was me. Um, so I was confused why 
every all the glasses like there's a bunch of glass on the floor because they didn't really I didn't really ask and they didn't really or if they did tell us I wasn't listening I'm sorry if you're listening but um <laughs> I probably wasn't paying attention if they did tell us the backstory but I didn't understand why there was so much crap on the floor which when I went to saw the movie I was like oh that makes so much sense while I was running on glass and trying to be careful but um we had a burst of the doors and James Gunn's like do you know Spanish? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, okay, well, how, what would you naturally say in this situation? And so we said, you know, Asuelo and, or hands, you know, just we were given different lines. And so they told us what to say, um, for that. And so we did. And I was like, oh my God, that was just so cool. And we were supposed to physically arrest her, but that didn't make it in the cut. Just the, what did make it in the movie was us just running in on her. Um, so did, so does that mean that there was footage of you physically arresting Margot Robbie? But, um, dang, that's awesome. But, um, so, oh, well, what was cool is that on break, on break, so she had her, the, the gun she killed the guy with. She, they were having it laying down, and the, and the and one of the crew members was just like looking at it, and I was like, "Ooh, let me see." And I did. This was before I realized it was like her gun, because I think this was before she was using it. Like this was like might have been in the beginning of the day, so I didn't had never seen her like with it. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was just a normal gun or just one of the props. I was just chilling there, and so. I was like, ooh, let me see it. So I got to, like, just, you know, hold it and mess around. Like, just look at it. Not, like, mess around, like, play with it. But just, like, look at it and whatever. And then realize it was her gun later on. I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was, that was a, that was, a, I will say that was probably, that was such a gorgeous set. Ugh. Mm-hmm. That was fun. And, yeah, um, trying to think what else it was about that. Um. That was um, much it, I think. Well, I mean, it certainly sounds like. <laughs> oh, I do have one more story. So when we were we were off of, um, so in between, so we were there given for several months, and we had to get creative because we didn't have our phones, and we're like, yes, we had each other to talk to, but when you're talking to each other, when you're there for like sixteen or fourteen, sixteen, eighteen hour day a day every day, you kind of start running out of things to talk to. With people and 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 when you're offset and asked you've already asked them all your questions about them your whole their whole life story so and and there's not much else to do besides talk so one of the guys was being smart enough and he brought his a little tv and his xbox and his video games and he brought it Good man. to set and i i was like why didn't i think of this what an idiot like like i guess it just no one had just thought of doing that. And I guess we just maybe not thought of it because, you know, no one thought maybe that we couldn't. So why try? Maybe that's why we didn't ever think about it because, like, no one ever does it. So he did. So I remember we were just – I had made all of the soldiers stand in a line. I was like, okay, who's next wants to play? And we were, like, playing – I don't know if it's Call of Duty or what. It was just – or Injustice. It was, like, those two games, which I was like, how ironic. Or I don't remember what else they played, but I, I remember those two games. Mm-hmm. And so I made them all form a line, and we we're all on lunch break, just like playing, the, taking turns playing the video games. I ended up breaking one of the controllers because I dropped it by accident and had to pay him back. But I paid him back. <laughs> Sorry, John. Sorry, John. But yeah, that was a, a good time. And then, yeah. Then on offset, when we were on lunch break, we'd also do Zumba. And then we also had a dance battle. And yeah, that sounds fun. It sounds like yeah. it was a. It sounds like it was a very memorable experience. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, um, sounds like it was. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. the chicken noodle soup. One more story I forgot to say. So what was his <laughs> name? Yeah. What was it? Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker. I'm so sorry. I'm so bad with names. Y'all already already figured that out by now. But in so in his running scene at the ocean this way back track to the beach scene you'll see him running in the water trying to dodge bullets because so i was one of those shooting at him for the scene and he's trying to dodge bullets running through the water well okay so before they said action this was so funny so what happened was he was like it was freezing outside like i said we had already been there for a long 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 time it was like 
way early. It was probably like 1 or 2 or 3 a.m. Like, at this point. We were all tired and wanted to go home. And he, they were said to him, he's like, I just want to go home, get my chicken noodle soup. And so... He's like, they're like, if you finish and do this last run, you can go home and do your get your chicken noodle soup. So right before they said action, he starts running, and they said, do it for the chicken noodle soup. They yelled at the microphone, and then they said action, and so he starts running, and we all think I had do it for the chicken. <laughs> do it for the chicken. Do it for the chicken noodle soup. soup. Honestly, depending on where it's coming from, chicken noodle soup is delicious, and I mean, I can't judge anybody involved in that. I mean. It's a hearty meal, especially on a cold, wintry night. A succulent meal? No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, let, let me just say again, I want to thank you, Lindsay, for coming on and doing the podcast with us. It meant a lot. Thank you. Um, it was great getting to hear some behind-the-scenes like stories that you probably wouldn't hear any other way. Um, and it sounds like you had a really fun experience doing oh, this. Oh, yeah. It was fun. Uh, would you like to plug any of your social media or anything like that? Um, I'm Lindsay Fowler. Uh, my Instagram is Lindsay underscore Kayla three seven one one. So that's L I N D Z underscore Kayla three seven one one. And that's mainly, but yeah, that's my social media. All right, uh, keeping it simple. I like that. Uh, so yes, if you're listening to this, go give her a follow. She's a very talented person. We've worked with her for many a years. At well, you said may, maybe a year. <laughs> no, no, I, mean, I don't remember. Uh, I think. I don't I, even remember. I met My earliest in, memories go back to 2009. For me, it was whenever we did Meet Me in St. Louis. So, what was that, like 2013? Oh, 13? Yes, I'm old. But, yeah, no. Uh, you're doing a great job. It's been almost 10 years. Huh? It has been. Don't remind me. But no, you, you did a great job in the movie. Um, uh, we're very proud of you. I'm sure your folks and all of your other friends are very proud of I'm you. I'm proud of y'all too for doing the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It, it, it took us a while to finally get it up and running. But hey, we, we did it. Better late hey, than never. Hey, look, I made it. <laughs> you start playing that song at the end of this. We, don't, we, we can't play copywritten music. Okay, well, we, we, never won't, we won't get paid for it. For it. <laughs> 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 but no, in all seriousness, uh, you did a great job. Very proud of you. Um, anytime you want to come back on and talk about anything you're doing, feel free. Uh, so yeah, Jake. Anything else you would like to add? Um, I, I guess if maybe we should plug our our stuff here. Yes, uh, shameless plugs. Thank you for listening. If you haven't listened to episode zero or episode one, go back and check those out. If you have listened, go back and listen to them again. Uh, share. Like, subscribe, comment. Our, our podcast is now available on a wide uh, variety of platforms. That a, I will list a cornucopia of Indeed. podcasts. Indeed, old uh, yes. platforms. Uh, Logan, if you would like to tell the people uh, how they may reach how us, they may reach us. All right, it's that time of the episode once again. So, <clears throat> feel free to join the Facebook group, the Logan and Jake Take. Uh, just type that into Facebook. It'll take you right to us. If you would like to email the show, feel free to do so at lnjpod at gmail.com. Once again, if you've got any hate mail, feel free to send that to lnjdon'tgiveanf at gmail.com. Uh, it'll be up and running at some point, I promise. Um, you can download and listen to the app on the Anchor app, as well as Spotify, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. And we are working on... Apple. Yeah, we are we are working on that. Uh, it, that's not our fault. We're we're trying. That, it normally takes a couple of weeks once yeah. you submit your your podcast. But once we're on so. Apple, man, I will be the first to let you all know. Um, oh, you can like us on Twitter at LNJ Pod, uh, Instagram at the Logan and Jake Take, and as I said, the official Facebook group is called the Logan and Jake Take official Facebook group. Uh, and that are, that are, that is all of the plugs that I have today. Jake, do you have anything else to add? Um, only that, uh, monetary donations and blessings are also accepted. Yes, If they you would are. like our cash apps, please reach out to us at, uh, lnjpod or Lindsay at Ballard, gmail.com. Or I don't <laughs> we don't have an official, uh, cash app. Yet. Yet. Oh, um, I do. I just don't remember it. <laughs> Uh, and if we, uh, depending on how much you donate to the cause, we'll let you come on and, you know, 
talk about whatever you want to talk about. Talk about talk about your cause. Of you can life. buy your way onto podcasting glory, and <laughs> we will sell out. Yes, we will. Also, uh, Lindsay, uh, if you if you, if you happen to speak to any of your your um, friends, please tell them that we thought they did a great job. And, and if you, I'll I'll probably put this. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell them. If you happen to speak to, you know, James Gunn. James Gunn. The Polka John Man, Cena. Just uh, let them know. Big Match John, as they uh, call him in the WWE. Just, just let them know that we're people they might want to get to know. Exactly. Yeah. Or they need to get to know. There's a podcast they might want to come on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I would lose my mind if we got James Gunn. And it would take about an hour and a half to, like, calm down so that we could actually get to work. Mainly because I'd be like... The second that James Gunn mentioned this uh, to anyone in the world, uh, we would instantly have like a few hundred thousand new fans. I would, um, I would cry. <laughs> I'd be like, oh God, I did it. Hey, look, I made it. We own. We don't own the rights to that either. <laughs> um, but thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We will be back uh, next week, I believe. What we'll be talking about, I have no idea. I have some ideas, uh, and as soon as Logan and I have uh, reached a consensus, we will be sure to start teasing that. But in the meantime, please like, comment, subscribe, share, plug away, because that is how, uh, as we grow our presence across social media. Sorry, uh, we had some technical difficulties there, but basically we were just we were just reiterating to like, share, subscribe. We'll let you guys know what we're doing next week. Indeed. Uh, thank you all. Uh, for tell listening. your friends. Tell your family. Tell your family's tell friends. Your fish, your mama, your cousin, your auntie. Everybody. This. Uh, I'm gonna put this out there. It's. It's gonna. Your favorite bartender. I'm putting. I'm putting. I'm, sure. Uh, I'm putting this out into the universe, and I'm gonna manifest my destiny. Um, this is Wait. going to be the biggest podcast biggest. of all time. The biggest podcast. Of all time. And we cannot do that without you all. Absolutely. All right. See you guys next week.